G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And my guest in the studio is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship. How are you doing, brother? Excellent. Thanks, Matt. It's great to have you along. Now, uh, you and I have known each other for maybe about a year or so now, and uh, I got to uh, hear a bit of your story and how you got involved in Prison Fellowship uh, when we had a coffee recently. Uh, I thought, let's just start uh, our conversation. We'll open the phone, up, phone line soon if people want to ask questions about Prison Fellowship. But tell us a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised? Well, mate, I was actually born here in Logan City. Oh, yeah. Woodridge boy. Yep. Um, so I grew up in Logan City. Uh-huh. And uh, mum was sort of a, a part of the church, or she got saved just after I was born. Yep, yep. Um, interesting fact, she uh, actually had a dream uh, when I was born. She sort of held me and was like, you're going to be a minister one day. Wow. Um, and at that point, she wasn't even a born-again Christian. So, really? um, yeah, wasn't have, didn't have her own faith journey. And then, okay. Uh, so then she moved along and, and she got touched by God and started her faith journey. And, you know, as I grew up, I got to about 11 or 12 and was disheartened with the church. Um, to be honest for myself, it was, um, and a friend of mine, we, we saw that there was a, a young girl that just never seemed to get healed. And so we sort of started to think, you know, does God really exist? Um, and then I went on my own little journey for the next five years, which, uh, wasn't very nice. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh. Funny enough, I actually got myself in trouble with the law. Um, I ended up in Woodridge Police Station, and uh, I sort of realised that uh, some of the stories I heard were actually true, and I was quite nervous. Um, And so they rang my mum and said, hey, listen, you need to come down, and you know we've got your son here. And I was 16 at the time, and uh, she came down, and she was in tears. But she actually rang a youth pastor that she knew that she'd done Bible college with, uh, a gentleman by the name of John Dunmore. So he come down and uh, mum and him spent a few minutes, you know, probably half an hour with the police. They come out and they said, uh, you won't be charged, but you've got to go and visit John uh, counselling for six weeks. And I can tell you, mate, for six weeks, all that man did was preach the gospel. <laughs> and I, uh, I particularly remember, I think it was about the fourth week in where I, he was just going at it. And I was adamant that I'm not interested in God. But then all of a sudden it was just hit me and I just had this revelation that God loves me. Um, and so, yeah, my faith journey started from there. So that was, uh, you know, 16 going on 17, and I've been walking with the Lord ever since. Now, you were involved in ministry for a while with, uh, was it the tribe of Judah? Tell us about how you got connected with them. Yeah, actually, we um, we were on our way to another church, and we drove past, and my wife said, let's check this one out. <laughs> um, so we turned up and, and walked in there and just fell in love with the place, mm. uh, fell in love with the people, fell in love with Terry and Sue, who were running it, and um, and really felt that God had called us there. And that journey took us on to where we actually joined and become part of the tribe of Judah and started uh, going out and ministering to the outlaw bikers, um, which was just great to see, you know, just to see how much God loves those blokes and to see the, them communicate with us. And it was awesome. Um, so spent a number of years there, ended up working full time for the tribe of Judah and for the uh, River of Grace Church. And tell us a bit about uh, the tribe of Judah. For those who don't know, you know, do they all wear leathers and have Harleys? Is that the... You know? Oh, look, yeah, most of them ride Harleys. You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're a bit like me, I'll probably upset most people, but I think Harleys are the be-all and end-all of bikes. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, we, we sort of ride Harleys. and um, yeah, But the majority of it is is just blokes that actually love God 
and want to get out there and minister to those that most people don't want to minister. It's going mm. into the highways and the byways and taking Jesus outside of the four walls of the church, but doing it with a bike because uh, yeah. that's our passion. And I often see the tribe of Judah on the news with their feeding service, like this massive food barn or something, don't they, where they give out all this free food? Absolutely, yeah. So Terry started the tri- uh, the food bank, oh, it's probably 15 years, 20 years ago now. Yep. Uh, but that just grew to where he was, you know, twice a year he would give away a hundred ton of food wow. to the local community. Mm. Uh, again, just part of the heart of the tribe of Judah was reaching out and touching people's lives that most people disregard. Mm. And what did you do for a career in your early years? Early years, mate, I was a truck driver. Yep. Um, so I had my own truck, did some car carrying, did the interstate travel, a bit of local work. So, uh, And then funny enough, I sort of got out of that um Actually, I blame my middle son for that because he was about four years old at the time and I got fed up with hearing him say, uh, are you going to be home tonight, Dad? (laughs) And uh, so that's when I stepped out of that and stepped into ministry. Um, So I sold my truck in 2002 and started working for the tribe of Judah. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we didn't uh, include how you met your wife yet. You better tell us that part of your story. Oh, mate, my <laughs> wife. Again, that's, it's amazing. I can look over my life and just see how much God's hand has been on it. Um, when I was about 16 or 17, I got saved and I sort of just thought I wanted to find my wife. Started praying to God and spent about six months praying. And uh, my mum was working with my current, well, I say current, with my wife. <laughs> your your only, only wife. wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, mum used to come home and talk about this woman that, you know, was so far from God and we've got to get scriptures for her, Darren, and we've got to do this. And oh, yeah. So I'd give mum all these scriptures, you know. And then uh, they went out for tea one night and come back to our place. And uh, lo and behold, I saw my wife and just fell in love with her. Um, I actually did a cake and pie run at the time. It was my job, and I delivered cakes to Centrelink. Yeah. And that's where they worked. And um, she used to sit and watch me, and she'd go back to my mum and say, oh, I'll tell you what, you know, I don't mind that bloke there with the dark hair. And, and mum would go, you better leave him alone. That's my son. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. You know, we, we celebrate 29 years of marriage this year. Yep. That is fantastic, mate. And how many kids? Three children. Three kids, yeah. So I've got two married, a mm-hmm. son that's just opened a coffee shop today. I'll give him a plug in Tenerife. Um, so that's awesome. What's the coffee shop called? It's called Wolf Coffee Company. Ah, and it's okay. in 30 Florence Street. Very good. Uh, you should have brought in a cup for me, mate. We could have, you know. <laughs> well, I should have done <laughs> And uh, and uh, tell us a bit about uh, your ministry in Cairns. You were up there for a long time as well. Yes, I spent seven years in Cairns. So we moved up to Cairns in January 2000, uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, went up there with nothing and just decided this is where, well, it wasn't decided, but God had mm. called us to Cairns for prison ministry. So I started as a chaplain in Lotus Glen Correctional Centre in January. And, uh, and ministry just took off. We started a charity up there. We started doing some uh, work with food. I worked with um, churches and, and helped supply them with food. And then God sort of called us to start our own church. Then I got involved in the drag racing and become a chaplain to the drag racers up there. And, and yeah, it's just amazing what God did in the seven years we were up there. Okay. A chaplain to drag racing. To, what, what does that look like? Mate, that looks like actually me just having fun, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, uh, yeah, it's up there just being a, a listener, a chaplain to someone that's up there. Yep. Yep. Fantastic, mate. And, uh, there's a bloke named Lee Undy who I have uh, become friends with on Facebook, and uh, he is uh, an amazing man of God, an evangelist, covered in tattoos and ink. Tell us a bit of his story. Mate, I actually met him in uh, June of 2018. Um, he was inside prison, and um, someone had asked me to go and say good day to him. Um, and, uh, mate, what an amazing encounter. Uh, I sort of met him. And they'd told me a bit of his background, and so I was expecting to see this, you know, angry, 
uh, tough man, yeah. and yet I just saw a heart of gold, mate. He had had an encounter with Jesus, um, so he'd been watching God TV. So um, praise the Lord, we had God TV in Queensland prisons, mm-hmm. and he was watching that and saw um, Todd White. And uh, after watching Todd White, he got down on his knees and basically said, Lord, I want the same God that he's talking about. And um, Lee had an encounter with Jesus in his cell. Mm-hmm. And then I got to meet him. And so we journeyed for about six months, um, you know, walking and talking and, and just chatting about the things of God and, and, and life in general. Yep. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, an evangelist named Daz Chettle from New Zealand. And uh, Daz has kind of taken Lee under his wing and ministered alongside him up in Cairns. Yes. And uh, I've seen a few of the videos of them together. You know, both, you know, Daz has got dreadlocks and tattoos. Lee is bald and has tattoos <laughs> and he's got gold teeth, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, would, you, you wouldn't want to run into him in a dark alley by their looks. Absolutely. <laughs> but they're both teddy bears, aren't they? they oh, look, mate, they absolutely. Mean, big. <laughs> they just got such a love for God and for yeah. people. Awesome. So good. And they're reaching out to that crowd as well, which is so important. Um, now, how did you get involved in prison fellowship? Prison Fellowship, well, I started life as chaplaincy in 2012, but for me, it actually started back in 2005. I walked out of a church service, and I just really felt God impress upon me prisons. And, and I actually sat back and went, you know what? I've never had anything to do with a jail. Um, how's this going to work? And lo and behold, seven years later, um, God called me to prison ministry. So I started in uh, prison in Cairns and met some people that were involved with Prison Fellowship. And then in 2018, God inst- sort of led us to move back down to Brisbane, and um, and then in 2019, I uh, applied for a job as an engagement officer with Prison Fellowship, which is really just going around and talking about who Prison Fellowship are and what they do and how they minister to people in jails. Mm-hmm. So how many jails in Australia? I believe there's about, well, there's 43,000 inmates. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many jails, but there's 43,000 people in jail in Australia. Wow. And is there a chaplain in every prison? There is. Mm-hmm. Each state is run differently. Um, so Queensland is actually unique, really, to the rest of the world. Um, so in Queensland, chaplains have a en- engagement or a contract with Queensland Corrective Services, and we are volunteers in Queensland that go into Queensland Correctional Centres. Mm. Uh, so in Queensland, we've got 14 uh, correctional centres and three low-security farms, and mm. we have chaplains in every single centre. I can remember visiting a prisoner um, at the Arthur Gorey Correctional Centre many years ago, and he later moved to Woodford. And this is when I first became a pastor. I was like 30 years old, and I was a country Coffs Harbour, you know, surfy kid from you know from New South Wales. I've moved up to to Queensland, and I had uh, my first job as a pastor. And I went into this prison, and I just remember thinking, "Wow, this is a whole new world for me." You know, we had to go through like. The security checks, I had to go through like seven locked gates to get to see him. And I remember I was in line waiting with the wife of the postcard bandit, uh, oh, wow. Tony Abbott. Uh, not Tony Abbott, Brendan Abbott. <laughs> Tony, Tony Abbott's the former <laughs> Prime Minister. I should get, the, get those mixed up. Uh, Brendan Abbott. And I remember thinking, wow, this is, you know, this is pretty surreal. And, uh, and then I visited this guy, and he was just so happy for me to come in and see him. He was a young bloke like myself. who He was about 30 as well. And... Uh, he said, oh, I just am so glad to meet someone or see someone from the outside world because he, he's just surrounded by these guys. And he, he said to me, after morning tea is finished, he's learnt 10 new ways to break the law because that's all they talk about. There's just the culture there of, oh, I, I stole this and I broke that in. I broke in here and I learned how to mix this drug. And, I, you know, and he just said it was just dragging him down. But he said the chaplains in there were lifesavers. Um, because they 
gave him a break from that constant culture of you know negativity. Um, tell us a bit about what it's like inside when you go and see someone. You know, I mean, I've just given my. You know, I, only, I only went like three or four times to visit this guy. I, I haven't got much experience, but what's it like for you when you go in and you you minister to guys inside, mate? For me, it's challenged because for me, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it is just amazing what God will do, mm. who He opens up, who you get to speak with. Um, but to give you an idea, yes, it is a completely different world. I remember every time I used to walk in, I used to go through the first security lock and walk in, and I would think to myself and say to myself, "Right, you've entered into a new world." Yeah. Uh, nothing on the outside of those walls exists. Yeah, uh, it, and it really is like that. It's it's like it just it's it's like going into a complete different world. It's, yeah, I can't stress that enough because that's what it was like for me. Yeah, yep. And so I would actually for the day that I was in there, I would totally be. Uh, I have no idea what was going on on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, you don't have your phone with you. You don't have your phone. <laughs> there's no nothing. There's no contact. Yeah. Um, and you've got to remember, I mean, at the end of the day, it's true. These blokes have broken the law, mm. uh, these men and women. And so, yes, in our society, we lock them up. Mm. Um, and when we lock them up, all of their rights are taken. So they have no rights. They're told what to do uh, every minute of the day, mm. when to do it. You know, they're told when they can eat, when they can't eat, basically. It's, it's not very nice. Um, I wouldn't want to spend any time in jail, to be honest, as a mm. as a, a criminal or an inmate. And you've seen a whole bunch of people come to Christ uh, in your ministry. Tell us uh, how how that's happened. Like, do they have church services? Do they have outreach rallies? What, what do they do in prison? You know? Oh, look, in prison, most of it's one on one. So yep. we we provide pastoral care to prisoners. Um, so we provide pastoral care to anyone of any faith or even to pastoral care to those that don't have a faith. How do you give pastoral care to someone that doesn't have a faith? I can't answer that other than you sit and chat with them. Mm. Um, but most of our time is just spent wandering around, having a chat. We take uh, things like Word for the Day, which is brilliant. Mm. That is such a conversation opener. When you think that these guys are locked down, generally they're locked down from somewhere from 5 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning. So that means that they're in their cell, which is roughly seven, 10 foot by 10 foot. And they're by themselves. Mm. Yes, they might have a TV in some of the cells, but I mean, you can only watch so much TV. So reading material is really good. Yeah. Um, so having the word for the day is a great conversation opener because the guys will actually remember what they've read in the morning and they'll ask you a question. Yeah. Yep. Um, but really, pastoral care is just caring for these people. Mm. It's caring for them as people. It's listening to their story, hearing about who they are. You know, there's a, an old saying, you know, that unless you've walked a mile in my shoes, and that is absolutely so true. Mm. The amount of times I would drive home from the prison saying to God, Lord, if I had to live that exact same life, I don't know if I'd have made different choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, because everything that we do in life is based on choices that we make by experiences that we have. Mm. Even you and I, you know, how we treat our children is all based on choices and experiences we've had in life. Mm. And I know that over the years you've had people like Steve Grace and uh, the bloke from the uh, Jesus Racing Car uh, that they gone gone in and done events in prisons. Absolutely. So in the jail that I was in, which was Lotus Glen Correctional Centre in Far North Queensland, we had um, we used to do an Easter and a Christmas service, uh, and it was just you know, I'm so thankful to the prison and the authorities that they allowed us to do that. Um, and one of the years we had Steve Grace come in, so that was back in 2013, mm -hmm. and that was just brilliant for the guys to actually get to meet Steve Grace, to hear his story, to hear his songs, and to see how he impacted them was brilliant. Mm. Um, the other one that used to go in was Andrew Fisher. That's right. Um, and quite amazing. That's it's an interesting story. That was actually um, brought about by two inmates who approached the management and then uh, Corrective Services about having Jesus Racing come in and do their Life Choices program. 
Um, so Andrew Fisher came in again. I think it was around 2013 or 14 was his first year in. And it was just amazing to see the guys. Like you've got to re- it's hard for me to explain it, but you've got all walks of life. Yeah. They're all keen to come and listen to this bloke that races, um, you know, V8 Utes yep. and touring car masters. And he came in and he was just talking to the guys about life choices and the choices that they make. And the impact that he would have every year was amazing. I remember one particular year I had a, uh, a bloke that was a confessed Satanist, quite happy to take this Jesus racing poster and put it up in his cell <laughs> because Andrew Fisher had taken time out of his, his awesome. week to come up and talk to them about what he does. So good. Fantastic. Today, my guest in the studio is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia. And we're asking the question at Facebook today, do you think your church is ready for ex-prisoners to come? Have you got a welcoming environment in your church for ex-prisoners? We've uh, got a few votes coming through. You can make your vote at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And if you've got a question for Darren, you can call through on 1-800-316-316. We've got Diane from Chelsea in Victoria. How are you, Diane? I'm really well, really well. And it's lovely to hear Darren. And yes, we would welcome uh, people from prisoners. Uh, We have done beforehand. Yes. Uh, We had, um, as I was talking before, we had a lady come out from the prison network and asking uh, for prayer notes to be given to people to pray each day. So uh, for many years, I've been getting their prayer notes for every day of the month for uh, the girls and the women. Well, they all not their own names written down, but particular prayers for them uh, each day of the month. So it's been a blessing that I've been able to do that. Darren, it's so important that we're praying for our prisoners, hey? Absolutely. I, I would put that as the highest thing and the most important. I have seen so many miracles of God take place because I've had people praying for me on the outside. Mm, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is wonderful. I, I truly, every time I read about someone, and of course over the years we've got to know the names that they're using, you know, it, it's not their real names, but we can see the growth and the and the how God has answered their prayers. And uh, just this morning I had a prayer about this particular lady, Nolene, who has been, you know, so she's in a place where she wasn't before. So it was just wonderful to really commit her to the Lord and bring all this matter to him, that he will, he will um, you know, make things happen that... Uh, and bring her back to where she was, you know. So it's a true blessing to be able to pray for people that we haven't met, but God knows them, you know. It's so wonderful. So from that lady coming to our church many years ago, several of our women at our church have these uh, sent out to us every month. And uh, so this must begin. <laughs> so we're on the sixth day, so it's wonderful. Good on you, Diane. Well, thank you so much for your yeah. call today. Well, thank you, and it was a blessing to hear Darren talking and knowing how he is, you know, what's happening in his life and how the Lord is using him in a mighty way. May he be blessed also. And thank you for your show. Thank you. (laughs) I'll continue in the laundry now, okay? (laughs) All the best for the laundry. God bless. Blessing the Lord for the water I've got. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Thank you you so much. Have a blessed day. I'll continue listening to you, okay? Good on you. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye, dear. Thank you for your time. Bye. Look.
just touching on what Diane mentioned, you know, if you want to, if you're interested to pray for prisoners, if you jump on to prisonfellowship.org.au, you can sign up for our prayer diary. Each state has a prayer diary that they send out either weekly or monthly that just has prayer points specific to that particular state and those prisons. And I encourage you, that's prisonfellowship.org.au and sign up for the prayer diary. Absolutely awesome. And uh, if you want to call through and have a chat with Darren today, the phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about Prison Fellowship Australia. And uh, so you guys are in every state. And you're explaining to me before that it's different uh, in each state. Uh, tell us a bit about what are some of the differences you've noticed state by state with the how the prisons are set up. Well, the way they run is the chaplaincy is done different. So in New South Wales, for instance, chaplains are paid employees of the state. So they're employed by the New South Wales Correctional Centres. Um, I believe that's how it's worth, but they're a paid employee, whereas in Queensland we're volunteers. So everything mm-hmm. that's done in Queensland is done free. Okay. Um, and most of the other states are the same. Their, their chaplaincy are, are paid chaplains that are done through either chaplaincy organisations or through a conglomerate of churches or through the correction services. Yep, wonderful. And uh, we've just got a comment coming in at Facebook here from Anita. She says, Shalom House in Perth is an excellent example of what can be achieved with people that society believes are sometimes beyond saving. So Shalom House is a great rehab Yes, and uh, do, a, do a great job over there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, are, are very concerned because, I mean, the, the reoffending rate of prisoners is very high. Is it like 80% or something like that, I think? Oh. Well, statistically, they say it's uh, 45 to 50%. Right. Um, but yep. that's based on someone that reoffends in the next two years. Ah, oh, right. Uh, but if you go on general, I would say, uh, you know, if you look over the a five or a 10 year period, you're up around 75, 80%. Yep. Whereas when people go to places like Shalom House or, you know, I know there's Rito Rehab uh, here in Queensland, there's uh, Sherwood Cliffs in Coffs Harbour. I've, I've uh, been connected with a whole bunch of rehabs over the years. It's amazing the fruit you see, you know. There, there is hope for those that have been down and out, isn't there, mate? Oh, absolutely. And for most people, it's what's taken place in their life. Like, you know, drugs are just a, a symptom of a greater problem. And the only answer to that problem is Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and when we can agree on that and when we can present Jesus and his love, it's amazing. And uh, we've got uh, Philip from northern New South Wales joining us on the line. How you doing, Philip? G'day, Matt. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. Have you got a question or a comment for Darren? Um, probably a comment. I'm I'm actually a mentor with the uh, Crossroad Australia Prison Ministries, uh, which is a volunteer situation, and um, we uh, Crossroads put lessons into the prisons and uh, a, a series of Bible lessons, which are pointing the prisoners to faith and and freedom and um, so I've been involved in that for about six years and I, I suppose in a way I just want a bit of put, put a bit of a plug in for Crossroad Prison Ministries I, I dare say Darren would have had contact with them over the years Absolutely um, it's a great ministry I've had a number of guys in the prison that I was in do the Crossroads Bible College um, or studies I've had a few of them get right up to level three or tier three um, and it's been amazing yep. to watch their growth and them journey through uh, going through and what they learn about Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. When we send, like we do lessons all through Australia, also in the in the Pacific, Solomon's, New Guinea, and all that area. And when we send up to Queensland, we have to put on it um, approved by Prison Ministries on the envelope. That's one of the requirements we have. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know um, if it, if it's okay for you, Matt. I just want to put in a plug for Crossroad Prison Ministries because they're always looking for new mentors 
and they're totally voluntary financed by donations and you know there's, they're always looking for finance but somehow God always provides that finance but uh, yeah Good on you mate, well it's such a great ministry and uh, have you visited a number of prisons yourself? I actually never, I, I'm just trying to think I've never actually been in a prison myself no to be honest but uh, I've been doing this for six years, yeah Good on yeah. you, which part of northern New South Wales yeah. are you in? What part? Yeah. Sorry? Where, where oh, do you I live? live near, yeah, Ballinaria. I used to live in um, near Coffs Harbour. Yep. Paul Macquarie. I've been up and down the coast. Yeah. Good spot, mate. You could pop um, into the Grafton Jail there and, uh, and visit the boys. Yeah, or well, they were opening up the... the uh, is it Grafton or Kempsey? No, it's Grafton. Uh, yeah, brand new. Clarence yeah. Valley Prison yeah. uh, opening yeah. this month, actually. Yeah, I, I knew some uh, people that were actually involved in that other... I can't remember what the prison ministry was, where they were actually going in to the prisons. Um, um, I can't remember what the, what the name it was, but um, you'd be familiar if I remembered. But yeah, but uh, no, it's it's. Um, I, we were told when we joined this uh, ministry that uh, people that did a Bible course, the reoffending um, rate was so much lower statistically. You mentioned the reoffending rate of seventy five percent. I believe uh, Darren might have some other stats on that, but much, much lower for those that actually commit their lives to Jesus and, you know, doing Bible studies and so on. Oh, look, it is. It's, it's, I mean, I don't have the actual statistic on it, but I know by the blokes that I've been involved with that once they begin that journey of faith, their whole life changes, like it does for many people. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Well, Philip, yeah. it's been great They're to hear from you, mate. aren't they? They're new creations, Absolutely. Yeah, well, look, thanks, thanks for... Um, um, time to share my thoughts and experience, you know, um, limited experience. But yeah, there it is. All right, so people okay. can look up Crossroads Prison Ministry if they'd like to become a volunteer mentor. Great organisation. Good on you, buddy. Thanks for your call. Yeah, thank you. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia. And Darren, a lot of people wouldn't have known the history of Prison Fellowship, but it was started by a bloke named Chuck Colson in the US, who was uh, well yes. known from the uh, Watergate scandal. Tell us a bit of the background there. Absolutely. So Chuck Colson was um, convicted and sentenced to seven months in prison. Um, that was back in 1974. Um, whilst inside um, prison, he realised and found his own faith. And um, when he was released, he, he sort of decided that the, the answer was Jesus. Um, and I love that, that, that you know, Prison Fellowship was founded in 1976 by a man that had done, you know, gone from both ends of the world. I mean, he was the right-hand man to, to President Nixon. Mm. And you've, you've, got, you've got someone that's come from the heights down to the, the depths of being locked up in prison. Yeah. And he come out and he found his faith and, and God said to him, I want you to minister to prisoners. Wow. And so he started in 1976 in America. Mm -hmm. In 1979, he kicked off the Prison Fellowship International. And in that same year, came over to Australia, and then Australia was birthed in 1981. Um, so currently in Queensland, we've been 39 years visiting Queensland Correctional Centres. Uh, Victoria started in 1981 as well, and the other states sort of come on around the early 80s. Mm, wonderful. So good to hear uh, the, uh, the work of Prison Fellowship. Uh, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to join our conversation. We've got Mel from Brizzy. How are you, Mel? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, a question for our... Um guest speaker Darren. Good morning Darren and thanks so much for your valuable work. Uh, Darren, I heard um, that there's been um, a reduction in the funding of uh, prison libraries 
Can you confirm, is is that the reality? Um, I heard that this was a, a problem in Queensland. I, I don't know if that is the case or in other states. So could you just please enlighten us about the funding of prison libraries, please? Oh, look, I, to be honest, I can't answer that. Prison libraries, are uh, that's all to do with Queensland Corrective Services. From my experience, I haven't seen that. But I, I can say that um, for those that listeners, if you want to promote and send finances to chaplaincy teams to put um, Christian material inside prisons, because we actually, most prisons have a uh, library in the chapel, uh, that would be most welcome. Thank you. Good on you, Mel. Thanks so much for your call. And if you'd like to call through, if you've got a question for Darren, uh, our guest is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia. You can call through on 1-800-316-316. And Darren, there's a few programs that uh, I'd love for you to highlight for us. One in particular called the Angel Tree Program. Tell us about that. Yeah, Angel Tree is a wonderful program. That was actually started again by an ex-prisoner, um, by a lady that was uh, incarcerated for quite a number of years in America. She came out and joined Prison Fellowship and, and started this new program. And it's all based around children of prisoners. Um, you know, For the most part, they are the, the unnoticed or the hidden victims of crime. No one thinks about the children. Uh, what Angel Tree is, is we partner with local churches. Um, well, this is what we do in Queensland. We partner with local churches and we supply Christmas gifts to children of prisoners that are from their incarcerated parent. Uh, and it's just a great opportunity to demonstrate the love of Jesus. That is awesome, mate. And uh, there's another one uh about Zacchaeus and the Sycamore Tree. What's that one all about? <laughs> the Sycamore Tree Project. That's a, a brilliant program that's based around the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible. Uh, and it's a really a great program where we get victims of crime in front of perpetrators and they begin to work, work through and journey through what each of them have, have experienced. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see how lives are changed. Mm, so good. Well, the phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. If you've got a question or a comment uh, for uh, Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia, we'd love to take your call. Uh, who have we got there? Uh, this is Ian from Wallaroo in South Australia. you got a question or a comment for Darren? Uh, well, it's a question. Um, how do... Uh, it may not be appropriate for prison ministry, but for, uh, for those getting out of prison... Uh, how do prisoners um, or ex-prisoners cope with the church's fixation for having police checks these days? You know, if someone wants to come into a join a, a church but they want to do something, and uh, everyone says, "Oh, you need to have a police check before we can let you do something." What's what's the uh, people's opinion on that? Look, at the end of the day, sad to say, we do have these protocols in place. I know in Queensland that if you want to do any ministry in a church in Queensland, you've got to have a blue card. That's something that's out of our hands. But, you know, a prisoner can actually be a part or an ex-prisoner can be a part of a church. They can join the church family without any police checks. They can be involved in uh, men's ministries and stuff like that. Um, the challenge is having a prisoner accepted into the church. Mm. Um, for the most part, and let's be honest, for the most part, most people have this scary story of what an ex-prisoner is and that they're a really bad person. And the minute they come into a church, we're all fearful of what are they going to do to me? When at the end of the day, these blokes or women, men and women have had an encounter with Jesus, because that's the only reason they're going to turn up to a church, is they've encountered the love of God and they want to join with a family of faith and continue on that journey of faith. Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I just um, I feel for... Uh, people uh, who want to get involved 
and uh, the first thing they do, uh, knowing that they've got a past, is is some some person turns up, well-meaning person turns up and says, "Oh well, you know, before we can let you do something, you got to you got to have a police check." Um, Look, which, it's uh, it's challenging. They may, they may or may not bulk it at that. It, it's challenging, but that's just our modern society and and the society we live in, and we've just got to become accustomed to that. Yeah. Good on you, Ian. Thanks so Thank much for your call. The, Thank you for the work you do. God Speak bless you, mate. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Have a good one. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Our guest in the studio is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia. We've got Lisa from Nana Glen in New South Wales. How are you, Lisa? Oh, I'm very well, thanks. Um, thank you. I just have a very quick question uh, for Darren. I just um, was wondering if I might be able to get some advice on um, how to give um, a prisoner hope um, in their incarceration. Um, my husband and I are visiting um, a friend and, yeah, that's a it's this really difficult topic that we're, we're really struggling with at the moment. I think the biggest thing is offering the hope that we have in Jesus Christ because that's where our hope comes from. Mm. In my own life, my hope for my future comes from the hope that I have in, in Jesus and what he's done in my life and what he will do in my life. Um, you know, And mm. the sad thing is that we all make choices and we have to pay the consequences for those choices. But once we begin that journey of faith, our whole outlook has changed. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. Good on you, Lisa. Thank you so much for your call. How's, how's the weather in Nana Glen today? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yep, no, just a beautiful winter's day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so I used to live in Coffs Harbour and uh, used to go and visit the Sherwood Cliffs Rehab. Is that kind of out that way? Yes, yes, that's not very far. Yes, no, beautiful spot. Great spot. Great ministry yeah. there. You're part of a church there, Lisa? Uh, yes, in Coffs Harbour. Yeah, which a Prezi church. Which one yeah. do you go to? Um, Harborside Prezi. The Harborside Prezi, great church. Oh, my, yeah. my, my good friend Steve White used to be based there. He's a good bloke. There you yes, go. yes, he is. Yep. Good on you, Actually, Lisa. Actually, I will say, Lisa, I'm heading down that way in uh, a couple of weeks' time, actually, down to Coffs Harbour and Grafton. Yep. Um, so I might drop oh, in and, and look up your pastor at the Prezi Church there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Good on you, Lisa. God bless. <laughs> okay, bye. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia. And we've had some movement on our Facebook poll. It's dropped down to 94%. Darren, breaking news. Uh, we've had 16 votes so far, so come on, Australia. We need you to vote. Uh, the question is, do you think your church would provide a welcoming environment for ex-prisoners? Uh, it's actually a very important question to ask. Uh, 94% say yes, 6% say no. Make your vote at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And, Darren, there's a bloke uh, at uh, New Hope where I'm pastoring who uh, I picked up at a homeless shelter a couple of years ago. Uh, I invited him to church, and I thought there's no way he's going to come. He turns up on the Sunday, and this guy's huge, big tattoos and muscles and, you know, and um, shaved head, you know. And uh, he came along to church for a few months and didn't want to have a friendship with anyone, just kind of stood clear because he'd been in prison for a number of years, just stood clear from everyone, you know. And then eventually uh, started coming to our soup kitchen, started volunteering at the soup kitchen, uh, then started running a recovery course for people that want to get off their addictions, a bit like uh, – uh, the AA course, but it's oh, yeah. a Christian version through Alpha, you know. And uh, he's now one of our best volunteers, and he's just a big teddy bear. He's a big, you know, he looks mean and tough, but he's a big teddy bear, and he's integrated. 
He's now part of our church family. He's a top bloke. He's even shared his testimony a couple of times, um, even though he said he'd never speak in public, you know. Um, there is hope for people to be able to integrate and get back into society, isn't there? You know, Are you hearing many more stories like this? Oh, absolutely. Mm. It's amazing watching uh, people integrate into life. I mean, mm. take Leandi, for instance, and we mentioned him earlier. Yeah, from Cairns. Um, yeah. From Cairns. You know, like the church that he started to attend up there embraced him. And, I mean, he's he's an interesting-looking man. He's got gold teeth. He's full of tattoos. <laughs> but he actually has such a love and a passion for Jesus that I can honestly say, looking at the, you know, over the last couple of years that I've known him, there's been a total turnaround in his life. Yeah. And that's just one of many stories that I can tell. You know, there's another... I can't go into too much detail, but there's another story where a gentleman spent you know, 10 years in jail, but when he came into jail, he met Jesus and walked faithfully with Christ all the way through and got out and is an integral part of his community, integral part of his church community, because he had an encounter with Jesus. Awesome. So good. Well, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Uh, we've got another uh, five or six minutes uh, left with Darren. If you want to call and ask a question, call now, 1-800-316-316. Now, mate, we talked about the Sycamore Tree and the Angel Tree Project. What are the other projects that you guys uh, highlight in Prison Fellowship? So the other two programs we do is Change on the Inside, which is a character building. So that's a faith-based but not faith-promoting um, program. So it just teaches about the godly character. And then the other one is called TPJ or the Prisoner's Journey, which is introducing prisoners to Jesus the criminal. Mm. We might not understand that Jesus was a criminal and we might, you know, you might think I'm saying heresy, but when you think about it, Jesus was arrested. Yep. He was tried, he was convicted, and he was sentenced to death as a prisoner. Uh, if you look at the story of Jesus, the Roman guards were the, you know, correctional staff at the time. They beat Jesus up. So he's experienced so much from that perspective. Mm. And then he's on the cross and the first person that he talks to and says you'll be with me in paradise is the thief on yeah. the cross. Wow. He's, uh, you know, and I was actually just reading, uh, I've been reading through the book of Hebrews with my devotions and uh, Hebrews chapter two was our, our reading this morning and it talked about how uh, Jesus uh, was fully human, you know, fully God yes. and fully man. And he went through all the same temptations and, and uh, you know, the, the fleshly temptations that we go through. And he's a, a God that can relate to us because he's been through what we've been through. Uh, Absolutely. So good, isn't it, hey? Uh, now, if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia. Now, mate, if people want to get involved in Prison Fellowship, um, maybe they want to volunteer, maybe they want to uh, get involved uh, in, in the prayer ministry, um, how can they get involved? The best way is to jump onto our website, which is prisonfellowship.org.au, um, and you can you know, join as a volunteer. We're always needing volunteers. You, you don't have to be a chaplain. We have program facilitators uh, so running those programs that i mentioned which is the sycamore tree project change on the inside and the prisoner's journey inside correctional centers um, you can be part of the prayer ministry which is joining up with the prayer diaries but the other way is giving we have a thing called chain breakers um, and it's for as little as 15 dollars a month you can help three prisoners go through the programs you can help three prisoners have chaplains visit them i mean that's just three cups of coffee a month 15 dollars is not a lot of money but it helps us take the gospel of Jesus Christ into correctional centres in Australia. That's awesome, mate. I just love the fact that you guys have so many different areas uh, that uh, you, you you know, I, I love the fact that it's not just for prisoners, but for prisoners' children as well, uh, that Angel Tree one. That's an awesome one. Um, I remember chatting to Graham Hembro, who you work with. I think he was on air with Neil here a couple of months ago as well, uh, hearing some stories of... Uh, 
you know, the, the amazing work that Prison Fellowship does. Uh, and are you guys all around the world? You, you guys, you know? Yes, we are. We're in 120 countries around the world. Okay. Um, and it's amazing what Jesus is doing through this ministry inside correctional centers over the world. But as you mentioned, Angel Tree is one of the biggest ones on my heart. When I did some research into children of crime or victims of crime, it's amazing that they are the most forgotten. You know, there's no government programs for children of of prisoners there's nothing for them yeah they're left out on their own and when we can come in and just demonstrate that love of jesus and i keep coming back to that because that's really what it is you know the bible says that love covers a multitude and when you can come in and for no reason whatsoever hand a child a christmas gift and it might be the only gift that they receive that year and see the joy on their face there's nothing quite like it that is awesome so good well, uh, we're chatting with Darren Painter from Prison Fellowship Australia, and uh, we've got time to squeeze in one more phone call. Who have we got there? Uh, John, John Sayers. Where are you calling from, John? From Townsville. Good on you, mate. You got a question or a comment for Darren? No, a, a comment. Actually, on hearing what, what you guys are discussing at the moment um, in regards to the transparency of a prisoner, of course, there is a varying degree. Even the Apostle Paul said, I am the worst of sinners. He didn't hide where he came from and that. Huh? But I just want to share with you a particular thing. Uh, we, my wife and I were coming, heading back towards town and we stopped in this church on a Sunday and we visited this church. And a few people welcomed us and talked to us. And, all. and then this lady, in the course of the conversation, she said, the pastor is a murderer. And I was just stopped in my tracks. I thought, what? I mean, what a way to to introduce the pastor. But she, she was actually the pastor's wife. Now, whether it's because of previous encounters, or not, but she didn't hide, you know, or where her husband was coming from or the pastor was coming from. And, and so that make or break, you know, would give the opportunity, well, boy, this guy understand where I'm coming from, or, you know, or vice versa, you know, the whole year that down might have turned around and said, ah, thanks, but no thanks, you know? I think it's, it's interesting. In the, Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's interesting in your comment that uh, that pastor's wife said he's a murderer. I think for me, that's one of the biggest problems that ex-prisoners face is that people are viewed as who they are. So Matt asked me earlier, what did I do when I first started? I, I was a truck driver. So people used to refer to me as a truck driver. That's not who I am. You know, when you commit a murder, that's not who you are. That's an act that you do. And when we view society as people from what they've done, it puts a barrier into who we are. We, we really need to just look at people and go, you know what? You're Matt Prater, and I don't care what you've done. You're a, you're a son of God, and I just look at you through that, that lens rather than the lens of, oh, you did this or you did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love the Second Corinthians twelve nine, where the, the, the Apostle Paul reaches out to the Lord three times for the thorn in the flesh removed. But then the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness. But then the Apostle Paul retorts, most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And so I don't take the word to mean as boast, you know, as boasting as we understand, but being transparent and being able to say, hey, this is where I'm coming from. And so if a prisoner really is born again, if he really wants his church, that, you know, he doesn't have to blurt it to everybody, but be willing to be transparent in sharing where they're coming from so that people, well, if they're scared of them, they might move or they'll say, hey, Jesus was like that, or we're told to love our enemies. 
So therefore, I'm going to take that extra step to reach out to that person. Absolutely. Well well said, John. Hey, Mm. mate, thank you so much Mm. for your call today. God bless. God bless you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome call to wrap it up there with. Now, Darren, before we send you off, once again, if people want to search up Prison Fellowship, you guys are on Facebook and social media. What's the website to go to? Website is prisonfellowship.org.au. Good on you, mate. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 